Hey everyone, um, welcome to Fostering Growth. My name is Laura and I'm here with my brother. Hi everybody, my name is Alex. And today we're here to talk about some memories and background stuff um, from our first foster care encounter. And uh, really quick, just wanted to give a warning that this episode may contain some sensitive subjects for some people. And those who wish not to hear it should skip forward or stop listening. Um, uh, some things, you know, may have really bad impact on some people. This is just, you know, some of the things that happen to us. Um, we don't want to trigger anybody. So that's why we want to just give that little warning. Um, but <clears throat> for the most part, we're just, you know, trying to trying to share with everyone our first, you know, encounters and how we felt and maybe because some people, you know, just kind of take, light, yeah. yeah, just don't really understand what some kids go through, especially at our age because I was about eight and Alex was about like four, four almost yeah. five. Just think of it as like a slice <clears throat> of life. Of our yeah, life, like you know? were almost five actually because it was like middle year and then mm -hmm. I had, I had, a yeah, I turned eight. Yeah, it was that was a tough time for us, but yeah, I just <clears throat> wanted to start with Alex, and I feel that, I mean, Miguel was born into it, basically. He was, no, yeah, no. don't you dare. Well, I mean, you could say that Miguel was born into it. I mean, he was like he about a year old, or he, he was about he to turn like, a year. He was a couple months. It was like eight or nine months mm -hmm. before... Uh, the van came <laughs> as I like no because that's how I remember it like I just I just remember it like my first uh I guess uh what's what's the word my first uh interaction with foster system or with the foster agency ever was um basically the van like it just that's that's kind of where because it happened at night so mm -hmm. I think it was like September I don't really know the year, but I know it was in September because... Well, if it was in September, then you would have been already five because in August, it's your birthday. <laughs> Shoot, yeah. Exactly. So then you were no, like, you had I just was... turned five maybe then. Probably. You and Miguel had all, just turned I, a year. I, 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 I honestly I don't remember the all date. I know, all I remember, um, Grandma was having a couple like really hard days trying to take care of us after her incident with her knee because... You know, yeah. me being the little daredevil that I was, yeah, I guess, she always fell. drove her to it, yeah. <laughs> she fell, um, she hurt her knee, she had to have some surgery, and then, you know, she couldn't she really called, take care of us. And I know it was, like, not super late at night, but it was pretty late um, that there was a knock on the door. My grandma, my grandmother, I don't know who, no, it wasn't my grandmother who answered. Um, what's his name? I remember Papi Kis or whatever, like, he, I don't know if it was him who answered. Somebody answered the door, and there was a lady... Who was like, oh, is this uh, the house of Guadalupe, someone's Arpayan? And she was like, oh, yeah. She called out from the room, and then they let him in. And then they talked for, like, ten minutes, and then that's when they just started packing up our stuff. I remember they were grabbing Miguel's um, baby clothes, his pacifier, and they were putting it into, like, a duffel bag. Mm -hmm. And then they grabbed my clothes. I was watching it, but I wasn't really, like, focused on that. I was watching cartoons. I was just watching Courage mm -hmm. the Cowardly Dog, conveniently. Um mm -hmm. And then the lady grabbed my hand. And she's like, "Come on, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go for a little bit." And I was like, "What?" Like, I, at first I kind of fought because I was like, "I don't know you." Like, my grandmother, my I was always taught stranger danger, mm -hmm. so I kind of fought my way there up until like she yanked my arm really hard, and then I got scared. And honestly, like at that point, I kind of just like let her pull. Kind of just anywhere. go with the flow. You're yeah, because like, okay. I've, I've never really had that. Like, I mean, that was my first like instinct of like being roughhoused mm -hmm. by someone. But I do remember her like basically pulling me into the van with my little brother yeah and then my grandmother was calling for our names and like trying to get out the house and i didn't really even get to say goodbye either it just took me and then drove and then we drove for like 30 minutes and then um they had me at like i want to say kind of like a it was like a hospital like waiting area sort of kind of like i don't know if um what's it called like the ronald mcdonald's off of kearney mesa that that place that's where they had me, and there was, like, the Lion King. It was, like, Lion King 1 and 2, and it was just repeating over and over for hours. And I oh, know yeah. that it was repeating because, like, I I distinctly remember, and I, I know that whole movie. <laughs> I know both the movies from beginning to end. I can tell you everything. Like, it is at that age. And yeah. then suddenly some lady came, another lady, different lady, um, 
she was like more like a American white white skinned lady. She came over and she was like, "Oh hi, my name is Darla" or something like that. And she was like, "I'm just gonna take you to your new home." And I was just like, "What? My new home?" And I was just so confused. I kept asking yeah, them, like, "Yeah, because you're so young. I mean, you're five, basically." I was and... like telling them, "I was like, well, when can I go with my grandma?" I, was, I, was, I, I do remember saying, "Like, when can yeah. I go with my grandma?" And they're like, "Oh, you can't go back." And I was like, mm-hmm. "What? Like, d- what? Without yeah. even my consent?" Like, and I was just like, "Well, I want to go back." Like, yeah, you I mean, took at, me at that point, leave. yeah, at that point, you're just like, I mean. As a little kid, you have, kind of have to follow that, but I know that you would have questioned because you were always, you and Miguel were always like, why kids? Like, but yeah, why? Uh, but yeah, <laughs> and, I was like, but why? And I mean, I know that the kids whole ride at that there. point and then when, um, are always like that. I got to my first foster family. Um, I call them, I'll, I'll call them like the Ramirez or something because I don't really, really remember their mm-hmm. last name, but just just for story. Sorry, uh, whoever's last name is Ramirez. <laughs> this no is talk. just a fake. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but um, uh, I met with the family, letter. and the the lady was nice. When when I entered the door, and my social worker dropped me off, it was like a five ten minute like conversation about what happened with me. I didn't really listen to because the lady told me, "Oh yeah, you can go to the living room and watch cartoons." And I have an older daughter, and then we have we're gonna have somebody else coming soon too. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, okay, whatever. So I'm watching cartoons and. As soon as the lady left, it kind of switched. The cartoons were cut off, and she was like, okay, well, uh, in my house, you do chores. And from, like, it was, like, from the moment my social worker left, I was just doing chores. Oh, okay. So, like, her character switched. Like, she was on ice at first. Yeah, she would, like, give me stuff. And, like, she still, like, every now and then I had to go through a certain amount of chores just to earn a couple things here and there. And, like, I always got the same basic meals. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't change. I never had, like, roast beef or anything. It was, like, <laughs> it was, no, like, you know what I mean? Like, exquisite things. Like, people, yeah. they had, like, dude, she would cook, like, menudo for them at fights. And I would still have, like, freaking two mm. waffles, some sausage, and bacon. Like, dude, that's breakfast items and you're giving me. Mm-hmm. And people are eating dinner in my face. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I guess she fed me. That was her point of the deal. Um, now, everything was okay, I guess. I still kind of, like cried myself to sleep i still was just missing my family i'm missing you guys yeah. you and miguel just trying to figure out where the hell i was mm-hmm. and things only got darker from there and that's all i'm gonna really say because like you know a month and a half into this um uh established placement um here just, like i was molested you know by the older uh daughter and it went on for some time and I didn't. I couldn't really find a way to pull myself out of it because even I was shocked. I didn't know what she was doing or why she was asking me to do the things that she did when she found out that like I caught her in, and I kind of told her like, "Oh, I know what you're doing to me isn't right." And then she kind of like would blackmail me into like, you know, well they're never gonna believe you. They're never not. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the one time I did try to speak out towards her and like tell her mom, I remember the mom blatantly laughing in my face and like, "Oh, you you guys make the tallest imaginations, you kids." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just felt so dirty and ashamed the entire time because yeah, I felt like I was I at was, the same time, I didn't like have you, power. yeah, and like you really don't. I mean, as much as you say, like you knew that it was wrong, you weren't, you didn't really know what was happening, like you didn't know yeah. what the experience was. It was just, it happened, and you know, they didn't believe you when you tried to speak about it, and and then that's how they shame. You know. Yeah, and like it went on for a couple of weeks, and the only reason I was able to finally break free is um, I had another younger foster brother. No, yeah, younger than me, a couple more. Like he was like around the same age as me, if not a little, like maybe a year younger than me. Had it been, um, he was cool. Um, we didn't really like we really associated on the Legos parts because she was cool with him. She loved him. And so he got all the, the toys, and he got what he wanted for the most part. And I was kind of the one who just sat there and was like, yeah, go mop the floor, and then I'll get you a toy. And the toy was usually like from the Dollar Tree, like those plastic molds. I don't care. Um, so I got away with, you know, violence warning right here. I had to, like, poke him with a hot iron, like, really mm, bad. Yeah. Like, just so I can make the family believe that I was a danger so that I could leave because not even my social worker would listen to the fact that I was like, hey, the, the daughter's doing things with me and I don't feel okay with it because mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know if I should be doing this. Yeah. And I, ex- and I would explain myself in detail and then 
they would dismiss it because they're like you're only four or five like you're probably saying tall tales and was, and apparently like i already had been known for running tall tales which was like at the time i didn't really lie that much mm-hmm. i only lied for like food and things you know but i guess they branded me that so that was one of the reasons why they never believed me mm-hmm. but i guess you know fortune favors you know the the patient or whatever because a couple years later they actually caught her like that's what I I do know that yeah. there was an update where the family was kind of caught in this whole scandal, mm-hmm. and they lost their license, and the daughter went to jail, and I think wow. she was presumed a, a registered offender. Yeah, well, I mean, some some people just don't stop, and even after you left, you know, maybe there could have been kids before you, or the you know there was definitely kids after you. Yeah, I mean, it just really sucks because. We're not, you know, saying that foster homes, all foster homes are like this, you know, but there's some that things happen. And sometimes, you know, the social workers do take the kids out of the situation and, you know, try to help. But sometimes the damage is done anyways. Like there's no way to, you know, get back from that. And I mean, that's one of the things also why, you know, they sent us to therapy, you know, to just kind of deal with our emotions, deal with things that we had to experience but I mean in my case like therapy just kind of made it worse and so I think that's why most definitely I I told them that it didn't really help me yeah like I I guess like when I was you know eight like I didn't really want to sit down and talk about my feelings over and over again with a therapist or you know I know that we're trying to help but at the same time for me it was like I just wanted to forget like I just wanted to Forget that, you know, things that happen and just kind of go on and not like, you know, a lot of it I try to block and it was just something that for me, it was so much helpful to block it instead of going through it and processing it. And then once you grow up, like it's also kind of, you know, it, it kind of sticks with you. And that's what, you know, I mean, I, I have I don't really talk much about it for the same reason of like, I don't want to go back to that i don't want to go back to the memories or, the or the situa- yeah. yeah and but but at the same time like speaking about it you know you, more people become aware that this happens to even even when you see a person because a lot of people see me and they're like oh my god she's so happy and bubbly and this and that and other people that know me they're like she's a sad case and you don't want to give people more of that information for them to look at you in a certain way but you know this podcast i made it you know to to have that awareness to people and also you know sharing yeah. my experience and hoping that it could help you know other kids out and there they can relate to it or something and mm-hmm. that and, way they, you know they understand that they're not alone yeah they're not alone and no matter <clears throat> what no matter if you know the social worker does not you know believe you like you have to keep reaching out like you have to be you know you have to make them listen you have to make them somehow. I mean, I don't want to tell them that like what you did of, you know, acting out so you can get removed from a home. But, you know, to be honest, like I was removed from my home, too, but because I got, you know, slapped and it was a whole different story that I'll, I'll point out right now. But, um, yeah, like sometimes, you know, acting up really does help you get out of a home or a situation. And I don't want to, you know, imply that, but. You know, sometimes some kids, if they really need the help, like, I'll give more information about, you know, like, numbers to call um, at the end of the episode. But, yeah, I just, I I really want kids to, to know that there has to be a safe place out there for them. And, you know, we'll and keep sharing experiences. for their voices to be heard. Like, yeah. Because... Because, again, as kids... Not we, many get their voices heard, and it's, it's a sad story to say that... Mm-hmm. Throughout my years in foster care and the amount of kids that I have known, I can sorry I'm safe to say and sorry to say that not many of them got their voice heard and for many of them it was too late. Mhm. Yeah. I know and kind of to kind of say like my experience, um I I remember getting pulled out of school and the first time that they they get, they came to school they came to tell me that um my grandma wasn't you know feeling well enough to take care of us and I was confused I mean I knew that she had just had the surgery that you know she had fallen and hurt herself but 
they had offered I remember that they had offered help to help her and to like send somebody to help her or something like that um and my grandma didn't want to do it but then eventually she was like okay I'll need the help and that's why you know they she called and told them that she needed help or you know at, at this point this is you know kind of like what I was believed uh, my grandma told me she's like I asked for help and they came and took you guys and um basically they picked me up from school it was in a police car and they told me like oh you're not going to be living with your grandma anymore <laughs> and it was the same like with you like what what do you mean and then another you know first thing that came to my mind was like where are my brothers because again at such a young age I had to start taking care of you guys and worrying about oh, you yeah. guys and that's why even now that you we're all older and you know I, sometimes I do tell you guys you have to make your own decisions but you guys are still my kids because since I was little I had to take care of you guys I had to look out for you guys like there was it was always you know placed on me because I was the older sibling and I didn't mind like I, there was a time that I did <laughs> as a teenager but at the same time it was like it who else is going to do it if I don't do it you know at that point yeah, yeah. so they took me to what is the office um right here in national city uh, basically i don't remember exactly the time of day but i know i was there all day all all evening all the way into the night as like is their it was, custom apparently yeah like i i was there all day kind of waiting because <clears throat> they were trying to find a family to like take me in and the whole time i kept asking like where are you guys where are you guys and they were like, oh, you know, they're safe. They're in a safe place, too. And they're going to be placed in a home, too. And I'm like, are we going to be all placed together? And they said no. And that was honestly, like, one of the hardest things to hear. Because I'm like, what do you mean we're not going to be placed in the same home? Like, where are my brothers going to go? Like, <laughs> why are you separating us? And, you know, it's, it's really big in foster system that they're not going to place all the siblings together. There's no yeah. way that there's a home out there that's going to place all siblings together. And that's one of the biggest things that sucks. That every single time we're all separated. Like, you know, there was... take one kid, but they won't take their sibling. Uh -huh. Like, and... and, and in my opinion, it I understand when they can only take one kid or things like that because I understand a com uh, was it commodities and like and, and accommodations. But in my opinion, like it's better if you at least have your sibling with you. Like if you're paired in the foster system, pair them off, brother and sister, brother yeah. brother. Like even I mean, if I know with you guys for a while, you guys were able to live together in one house. Yeah, for even though a it was crazy. Months. No, it wasn't that. Well, us three, all three of us. No, or, no, no, you and me. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, it wasn't that bad. Um, well, when there was only three instances in which him and I got to be together, and um, those three instances were, they would have been, um, beside it would have been with Kaki was the first time that me and him were together. Because, yeah, after they oh, put you guys together. Oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would also count it Polinsky, but Polinsky, he was he was not really with me. He was in a secondary opinion. Yeah. Um, so I won't really No, like I'm talking that. about when you guys were living together in together, the same together? house. Okay, so yeah, that would be Gaki. And honestly, um, her name was like Rose. And then yeah, it would be yeah. Miss Olivia. Those are the only yeah, three. Yeah, and then there was the occasion when you were with the sisters, right? Yeah, but we that, didn't live together. Yeah, yeah, the, but you the guys... The, um, se juntaban. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Gomez, is as I'm going to call them. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, we... They... Not all the time, actually. And this is this is the BS lie from them, and I respectfully respect them, but they always told the social workers that every week we would go meet. Mm. And we never met more than once a month. Oh, okay. Every week we would go to church, Yes. Mm -hmm. But they never let me sit next to him. Mm -hmm. They never let me go talk to him after service or during, like, or in the middle of intermission. Mm -hmm. And when the times that we would go to Sunday school, they would only allow one of us to go, either me or him. They would oh, never dang. let us both go. Yeah. And I don't know why, yeah. if they're trying to spread the word of God. Mm -hmm. So I felt like they were just trying to distance us as much as possible yeah. as brothers to kind of, I think, put a, put a, what's it, a wedge between us. And I know mm -hmm. that that started because at one point, me and him would clash heads at a, at a very young age. And he yeah. was, like, around four at this time. And I was eight. Mm -hmm. But it made no sense. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I would never clash with him. and But it was that wedge. Yeah. So, those are the three. Yeah, no, uh, again, I, from speaking, uh, sorry, 
from my experience that I was not placed with you guys. Um, I was placed differently. And another big thing was because, you know, we are, you guys are boys and I'm a girl. I was placed with a boy and a girl. Um, the family uh, was, I mean, they were nice, but after a while, it, things also, you know, changed. And um, I, I know that we'll call her Jane and John. I'm just gonna, you know, Jane and John. And Jane was about seventeen, and she had been living for a couple of years already with um, the lady. I honestly remember it was a lady, her son, and then the foster girl, the foster boy, and then on occasion a little granddaughter that would come and visit. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, so it was Jane and John. John was about 13 years old and he had also been staying there for a while now. I, th I know it was lesser time than Jane, but, um, they had been there for years. So they knew each other, lived together, you know, they were always, they, they got along and I was, you know, the new girl. <laughs> so, uh, in the beginning it Jenny was... on the block. <laughs> In the beginning, it was, you know, okay. Like they welcomed me, and you know, I bunked with the with Jane, and um, they also gave me a, a stereo where you know I would like to listen to music because I remember that, you know, mom used to, well, we'd be singing in the car, and you know, I, it it just was something that music was an escape. So I asked for a radio, and they gave me a stereo that three-piece stereo, you know, very, very nice. And, yeah, as I mentioned, you know, a little tiny girl. I don't even remember her name, so I don't care what name I put on her. <laughs> she was just evil. She was six, and she was evil. And um, so John would tell her, like, oh, I'm going to hit myself. I'm going to hit myself. And you tell mom, because they called her mom, the foster mom, you tell mom that it was her. And he would point at me. And I was over here like, excuse me, like I haven't even done anything to you. And he's just like, it's fun. And the little girl was like, okay. And I was like, what the heck? Like at this point, who is going to believe me? They're going to believe their foster child that has been there for years and the little girl that kids don't tell lies, <laughs> in quotations. Um... And yeah, that child like it was, was the spawn of the it devil. Was, yeah, like I mean, to me, like that was like emotional abuse because I would get in trouble for no reason, and the guy, the the John, was like, nobody likes you, nobody wants you here, anyways. Like you, you know, you're just like this and that, and I'm like, dude, you're a foster kid too. Like, why are you shaming <laughs> yeah. me? And you're in the same position. But he's We're like, no, because they want to adopt me, and they're never gonna adopt you, and nobody's ever gonna want you, and blah blah blah. And I'm just like, okay, oh, yeah. dude. There's a lot of Johns like that. Yeah, and, and then the girl as well, like, Jane would, you know, kind of tell me sometimes, like, just say, oh, like, nobody likes you. And, you know, you're just here because, like, they felt bad. And they, you know, they got the call. Because remember I told you I was waiting, like, yeah. in the office for a while, you know, just kind of waiting there. And she's like, they got the call and they were like, they didn't really want another person in the house. But they took pity and they were like, fine, we'll take her in. So, like, you're just a pity case. And I'm like... <gasps> Why would you say that? You know, it was it was really, like, yeah. It, yeah it, it started a lot of my problems, my no, psychological I, problems that I have now as an adult. Like, it was just like was, you're unwanted. Was a and seventeen I'm like, year old, a thirteen year old, and a six year old. <laughs> you know, bullying a little eight year old. <laughs> a six year old. I you know. hear that six year old? If you're old enough to understand who this young lady is on the podcast, like, you scarred her for life. I'm sorry. No, seriously. But, like, it was just really bad, but. I mean, that was just the kids, you know? Like, again, oh, yeah. the mom... The only the only thing the mom ever did to me was, you know, that slap. But backstory on that slap was uh, because I would write letters to my mom while she was on vacation. And on occasion, I would get letters back. But I would send a letter every single... I would write a letter every single day to my mom. Every single day. And then put it on the kitchen table. And, I mean, my foster mom would put a stamp on it, you know, and send it out. But it was really weird because after a while, like, I wasn't getting anything back. And it was either maybe she, you know, didn't give me the letters or she withheld them. 
But I did catch her one time that I put the letter on the table and I kind of, you know, snuck behind my door because it was like the door was like right in front of the dining room, basically. And so I, I just kind of like left a little crack and I made bolita. <laughs> and I was like spying. And I was like, a little ball. <laughs> and I saw her grab the letter and throw it in the trash. And I was just like, what? Like, at this point, I was so pissed that I just burst out the door and I was like, I saw you do that. And like, she looked at me and she kind of looked like, oh. but then she was like, so what? What are you going to do about it? And I'm just like, why would you not send the letters to my mom? And she's like, well, es que yo no tengo dinero para las stampas, like stampillas, whatever, the, the, the stamps on the letters. And I'm like, okay, like why, instead of telling me like, oh, I can't send your letter right now, like why give it back to me and I'll save it. But she was throwing them in the trash, like making me believe that she was sending them out. And I'm over here like... And that's pretty damaging to a child. Yeah, like I'm over here like, oh, my mom doesn't love me. Yeah, that <laughs> doesn't it, send me letters. That feeds into the whole trauma yeah. of like, what? Like, do they not really care about me? Because... <laughs> That's a thing, too. Like, most foster kids don't understand that. But, like, sometimes even the foster kids can be very poisonous. And, like, yeah. they can sit there and feed that whole psyche of, like, yeah, your parent doesn't want you. Like Yeah, and then that's what yeah. sucks, too, because it's like, yes, like, they might have felt safe there, you know. Again, they kept telling me, oh, we're going to get adopted by them. They've been here forever and they love us and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> cool, cool story, bro. <laughs> but, mm, you know, for me, it was like, and so, well... I saw her throw it in the trash and, you know, we got into, like, that argument and I called her and she, like, slapped me. And I was kind of like, oh, my God. She slapped like, me. Yeah. Like, I was, I, I, I stopped talking. I was like, and I went to my room and I cried. And the next day I went to school and I t called my social worker from the office and I told her, like, I don't want to be there anymore because she slapped me. And my social worker was also surprised, like, what? What do you mean? And I was like, yeah, she slept me, and I don't want to be there anymore. And I'm like, she's probably going to hit me again. And so they picked me up from school again, the police. So that was my second time. And they took me to the foster home, and they were all surprised, like, what's going on? And then I was like, well, I told them that you slept me. And, like, she was also kind of, like, <gasps> like shocked that I told them. Like, they didn't, I guess maybe she didn't think I was going to do it, or I don't know. But, uh she was just like well did you tell did you tell him what you called me and i was like yeah i told her what i called you and i told her what you did i'm like but you shouldn't have slapped me and the foster mom was like oh well i'll talk to your social worker about it and i don't know what happened to her necessarily like i honestly think that they did like maybe suspend her license because you're not oh, yeah, supposed, no, you're to, not hit supposed to hit a kid yeah, yeah I like can tell you like but I, I, to honestly, like, I don't know if they removed the license or, like, if they removed the other kids. It. Yeah, like, I don't know what exactly they did, imagine, but I know that like, she did not, get not, in trouble. Not to be a little negative, but imagine mm -hmm. that whole thing. Now they're like, oh, well, now you can't adopt those kids, so you got to get rid of them. Like, yeah, I don't know. You know, but I I didn't want to stay there. I was just no, like, uh-uh. I wouldn't have stayed there. Like, and so, hands on me like that. yeah, they, they took me to another place for a while. But the next, you know, kind of thing that I remember was being with Gaki yeah. like and I remember I was around what like I don't even know I, I know that no, I you were like 10 yeah because I know that I, because I, I, I was I, six and Miguel was like two and I know that because he was just getting his teeth because remember the incident with the snail uh, when he was going a little too well, fast they also, and I kind of pushed him took, a little too fast I know they took his teeth out because well, yeah, they were all, well. all rotten and, yeah, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Sorry, we're kind of blackmailing. Though. I love you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miguel. <laughs> but just no, speaking but, facts. <laughs> no, but yeah, like I remember Kaki's house, and um, yeah, I, that was my next destination. Like, yeah. Um, and you can start that off. We'll let you start that off. No, I mean, just being with Kaki, like it was finally us being all together yeah. again, and we, you know, we had a good time there. We, you know, met our other cousins, and oh, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, like it, it was. You know, it was kind of up and down, um, but I think the best thing was just that we were all together, and, you know, we would always appreciate Gaki because she took us in even when she didn't have to, and, you know, it, it was even after all that happened, you know, yeah. with drama and things, and again, most of these things I've blocked because I remember even my grandma one time, like, went to Gaki's house and, like, started screaming at her because, like, she had us and she wanted to get us back. But, you know, it, it wasn't... Oh, that's right. Grandma's the reason why we left Gaki's, wasn't it? Because well, I know that there's... Not being the honestly, I don't know. I don't know yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what happened there. I can actually... But I know that... Like, but I know that 
after being with Gaki, um, I feel like they took us to another foster home because they didn't get to put us back with grandma. No, they took They took us to another foster home because I remember in that foster home, the next one, I was 11, 12. And again, I don't know much about what happened, yeah, but maybe. I just know that from Kaki's, we went, you know, it was only a couple of months at Kaki's. It wasn't even like a whole year. Yeah, I, I think I remember that it was going to be a year almost. And I remember that... They, picked, they separated us again, though, because they, yeah. they picked me and Miguel up in a car, a blue car. And I remember Kaki was waving, crying, and I was mm-hmm. just like, what the hell? Like, again. Like, what's going on, man? Yeah. Like, like, we, we were, were happy so there. happy there. Yeah, we chilling. were so good there. I wake up there. and I see you, Miguel, and then again. Anyone. And then all of a sudden, like I said, like I know, I know just from like not too much legal concern to throw out our, our business out there, but I yeah. do know that one of the reasons why they took us away was because I guess they found out like that she wasn't of actual blood like related. Because mm-hmm. remember Samuel, mm-hmm. who was supposed to be my dad, I guess the test came through and he ended up not being my my father at all. So yeah. that's one of the reasons why they took him, they took us away because they had no legal blood ties to us. So yeah, like, oh, I remember that gave. as well too. So in their head, they're like, oh, we just gave you guys to complete strangers. But in reality, mm-hmm. those complete strangers but had yeah, given we were us fine. a better life. Yeah, like they, we were like, fine there. It was better than being in given, a foster yeah, home because like, we were all together. Like that's what was exactly. the most important thing. Like, was we didn't really we have were all much. together. That didn't matter. Yeah. I would wake up and then I'd they see took you us away and then we're separated again. And it's going. And then that's when I got. That's actually when I got two head injuries in my next foster home. Mm. I sustained two uh, head injuries. Damn, dude, this is a lot. <laughs> no, man, like, it was two weeks afterwards. I'm going to call, and this one also lost her license because both the, both, well, the first time that she, that I, that I had an incident to my, trauma to my head, mm-hmm. she personally tried to fix it and made it worse. Mm-hmm. She, like, managed to fix it because I guess she had a nursing degree and I had actually, like, cracked, like, the lower left sector of my Jesus back of my head. Christ. I was playing games with her older with her older uh, nephews and stuff mm-hmm. and they pushed me on one of those plastic play school wagons down a hill. Long story short, I was facing backward instead of looking in front of me oh my and God. my head smacked into the back of a gate. Jesus. Very hard, like, super hard. Like, I felt the blood, everything warm. Um... So she performed, like, her operation <laughs> her own, or whatever. Her own little Seriously, surgery. and she, like, I remember everything. Wow. All the pain, and, like, the needle, everything. She Jesus. did it all herself. Oh, my God. And I know I'm, I'm not trying to get too far into this. I'm trying to, like, keep it as PG-13 I as know, possible. I, I honestly did not know about this. I know I yeah. remember Miguel had a head injury, but yeah, that was when us. They did not. <laughs> because but, of us. But with and Miguel, too. Miguel also sustained a head oh injury from that God. lady. And But ours were never reported. That's the reason why she was in so much trouble. Because the yeah. second time it happened to me, mm-hmm. I reported it. Yeah. Me and her were having an altercation about who wet the bed because my brother had shared the bed with some other kid. Now, mm-hmm. my brother is very particular about wetting the bed. He doesn't like wetting the bed when he was young because he felt like it was like demasculating. He was a big boy, okay. so he, he really hated it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened later on in the years. No shade. Just saying. Back then. So one day we woke up or I woke up to him saying, hey, someone peed the bed. And immediately the mom, she came in, was yelling at all of us, like, who peed the bed, blah, blah, blah. And the culprit, who we all knew, was sitting there kind of basically, like, throwing himself out of there. Not my brother. It was another kid. We'll call him Dylan. He was just sitting there, like, raping his hands, doing, like, the, the uh, I'm guilty face. And she was like, oh, it was you, huh, Miguel? And I was, telling, I was defending him, like, no. He just said he didn't do it. You can check him. He doesn't, like, you check him, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me, and she sneered at me and was like, don't you walk into this. And I was like, don't you yell at my brother like that, like you're our actual parent. Mm -hmm. And that set her off, and she shoved me. She shoved me, and I hit the back of my head against the corner of, like, one of those wooden desk drawers, and my head busted open. And this was in the other foster home after Gaki? Yeah. When you guys were placed together? Yeah. And Miguel can vouch for this, too, because we had... had detectives come in three weeks later taking pictures of Damn. it swabbing they were swabbing every no because um she tried this time she, they, she i remember as soon as i started bleeding she run me she ran me straight to the bathroom started dousing my head in the sink trying to like with water i guess to stop wow. the the wound mm-hmm. and because that didn't help she literally smothered my face in a towel and drove me to one of the hospitals right here off of market street it was it was off of um Right here. Uh, we drove you to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, 
she basically like told them that I fell. Like she said that I fell really bad, and I, and she was like she the whole time that we were driving there, she was telling me to just keep my mouth shut and she was gonna speak. Mm-hmm. So they they had to do like an operation on my head because I guess I needed eight or nine stitches because it was actually a pretty big uh, yeah. cut, and um, the whole time I do remember this, and I will and I will pledge it to everything. I don't I don't care what anybody will tell me is their anesthesia failed halfway mm-hmm. for the doctor. So I felt the doctor's last seven or last three stitches. Damn. That sucked because I was screaming for mom for mm-hmm. like hours. And then even then afterwards, I was just sitting there like hiccuping and sobbing like a scared, abused mm-hmm. puppy. And then the doctor actually came over and he pulled me aside because he was talking to the lady, my foster mom, and he pulled me aside because he was like, can I talk to you? And she's like, oh, no, he doesn't need to be talked to. He's like, no, ma'am, I'm going to speak to my patient. Yeah. And so he picked my hands up, and I was just shaking like a puppy, scared. And he was like, what happened, young man? And long story short, I told him everything. Like, I just started crying. Like, mm-hmm. it was so gentle, his voice, that I just opened up. I was like, she hit me. She's been doing this to me. Like, my head, do you see this? Like, yeah. And it opened up a whole police investigation. Damn. And it was me and four other kids who were then removed from her house. Mm-hmm. And then she was uh, Yeah, she I remember faced... there was a time when they're like, oh, your brothers are being moved. And then I think that's when they separated you guys yeah, again. Yeah, that's when they separated us. And I was and like, what do you mean they're being moved? We but to... I didn't get information because, again, I'm not, I'm yeah. just another kid. Exactly. So, That's when yeah. we went to the twin sisters. That's when we were moved to them. Oh, okay. That's how that connects. And yeah. Because when I got to their house, they looked at me weird because all my head was buzzed and stuff because I had like a scar here, oh, a scar yeah. there. I, rem- remember I remember your my head scars, And yeah. I had my scars. That's exactly why. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> because that whole I mean, incident. I'm of telling like, you, like, it's, it's, yeah, we would spend time together sometimes visits here and there but we didn't have enough time to really notice things like that like if we if me if me or miguel will ever was ever abused Mm -hmm. we were we didn't have enough visitations for you noticing yeah exactly because they would either be healed or they would tell us to cover up even even that like it was it was you know some visits here and there it wasn't always you know visits and sometimes it'd be like people would have to come and pick us up you know from our foster homes and then to an, take us to another designation and I remember that we would go visit like you know grandma at the McDonald's you oh, know yeah, and yeah. things like that during our foster homes like yeah. yeah and um I remember like my second foster home because I was only well I mean I think I was in three because that second one I don't really remember what it was but it was before Kaki yeah. and then after that um we went to I guess you know my third foster home which was my longest and that was kind of my last because I was already older. Um, I remember that they, I think, yeah, like I was there for about three years and I was one of the longest kids. And I mean, even there was a point where they wanted to adopt me too, but I kept repeating like, no, if you don't adopt me and my brothers, like I don't want it. <laughs> and yeah, they were like, too. no, that, like we would only adopt you. That, and I was like, I can't. That's how That's how I was too. Like, um, I remember uh, at one point they had put us up for adoption. Uh, this mm-hmm. was the first time they put us up for oh, adoption. Oh, I think, yeah, and they asked me, and I was like, no. Yeah, like and, I, I, and I kept saying no, I think I was, but they, yeah. were, they were telling me that they were about ready to adopt Miguel mm-hmm. because Miguel was a baby Miguel was a baby, yeah. And so like, oh, Miguel we already tiny. got the papers, we got to get this in. And I was like, no, like, you can't yeah. take him. Like, that's my brother. Like, mm-hmm. if he's getting adopted, we all three have to yeah. get adopted or yeah, something. Adopted. Yeah. And I remember being the only one kind of fighting and fighting, and it got to the point where um, I got an interview with, the adopted parents mm-hmm. oh and i made myself as horrible as possible and i yeah. tell them like if you take my brother i'm gonna find you like oh my god no i got to that no, yeah, point yeah, like, but, because i was but afraid. i mean it's I true I didn't, I didn't like we didn't want to be separated and then be permanently separated. yeah like that was permanently I, I, because we we have experience of with, the, with that with our you know we have a cousin that got adopted when he was little and you know he, we for, understood what that meant like yeah can, it, well, it took us closed. a while his no, was, but yeah, like it took, so us, a it took us a while to like to find him, to find him or not the, even find him, but just like kind of all of a sudden, you know, it was yeah. like, oh, like remember the Diego? Like, yeah, she, like, we found him and we're like, what? Like through like, Instagram and things like that. But, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I remember our, our aunt would always be like, yeah, like he was adopted when he was little. And I remember when they told me too, because I had turned 12 and supposedly at 12, you're almost to the 13 to the yeah. teens. So they kind of tell you, like, oh, you can be kind of in charge of, you know, everything for you and your brothers. And they told me about Miguel getting adopted. And I was like, no. I was like, there's no way that you're going to separate us permanently after all these years of just, you know, separating us and not even putting us in a foster home, all three of us together. And I remember that I used to talk to my social worker about it. And I was like, I want a house where they want all three of us. 
And she's like, that, you know, there's not going to be a, a way. Like, there's nobody that's going to accept three siblings. And I was like, well, at least keep them together. And then they put you together, but then they separated you guys. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you guys told me you guys going to keep them together. Like, there's no way that they can survive, you know, separated. Well, because very, very young. And even then, like, I know me and my brother growing up had, like, had a little butting heads near our teenage mm-hmm. years. But I knew growing up, like, my brother was everything to me. Like, he really is and he still is today. Just so you know, if you hear this podcast, you are everything to me, you butthole. But, um, <laughs> like, he really was, like, from whatever group home that I was in that I knew he was around, I always made sure he was good. Yeah. Um, even, like I said, when I, my second place, my, when my second placement was Polinsky and I found out that they had him in the nursery time or the nursery section, I would purposely break out of my cottage almost every night to go try and see him because I, I couldn't, I didn't have any sense of peace. Like, I couldn't see you. I didn't know where, where you were. So the only thing that I knew that was closest to me or was familiar to my surroundings was Miguel. So, like, to me, it was, like, trying to be as close as possible to him without, you know, like, I guess breaking the rules and stuff. And, like, I remember um, when we moved in with the, the, the twin sisters mm-hmm. and, you know, he lived. They were like, oh, he doesn't live that far. He's only 15 minutes away or whatever. He really was. But they would never let me go see him, and I could never walk down there by myself, even though I was allowed to walk three miles to my own elementary school. Mm-hmm. You know, totally normal, but I can't walk the mile and a half, two miles to go see my brother. And um, I remember one of the Easter, um, one of the Easter uh, holidays, because we spent two we we spent two years with them actually, with them. There's they were one of my longest running one of them because it was only three families that I really ran long with. Mm-hmm. But um, they were my first family, and um, I remember she literally, like, she blackmailed me the entire week. Like, oh, if you keep being bad, if you don't do your homework, if you don't do your chores, if you don't do the, all these things around the house, you're not going to get to see your brother on Easter. And it didn't matter because on Easter Day, she didn't feel like going to her sister's party. Yeah. So I did everything, and I cried that day, the entire day, because I wanted to go see him. I wanted to go see him. Like, I don't know, like, again... Being separated from him, at least from an early age, I felt like the constant need to take care of him because I know you took care of both of us, but at the end, too, since I was with him, I was in charge of him. Mm-hmm. And it scared me to death when I didn't have him in my field of vision or if I knew he wasn't around an area that I could get to. Like, I know half a mile, a mile is not that far, but still, to me, that was like across the country. That's what it felt like. Having him three houses away... 100 feet away just felt like he was in another country and I couldn't get to him mm-hmm. and emotionally that was demoralizing because as his older brother I didn't feel like his older brother mm-hmm. at some point like before uh, we went to the San Diego Center for Children for the first time it felt like I was just that older like stranger he knows and I, it, and I know he said no it's more like a father figure thing but it really wasn't mm-hmm. because with the wedge that was being driven between us like it felt like he didn't get to know me as much. And that's how yeah. come when we both entered San Diego Center for Children, I realized that our views were different. And it sucked because it took it's taken us a while to kind of get back to where we are now. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy for it. I really am. I'm blessed to know that like me and him used to go at each other's throats with imaginary knives. Yeah, I remember. And now it's like, yeah, we have the knives behind our backs while we laugh. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Either way, the whole point is our relationship is better. <laughs> <laughs> Be but so I can say explicit. like, but I can say now like, yeah. Well, you grow into it because you, you know, as kids, we're confused about what's happening in our lives, and then also confused about what's happening with our siblings, and then being separated. Because for example, me and you were would get along more than with Miguel, um, just because we kind of were together longer uh, on our older ages you know again yeah. we were like you were five and i was eight before we got taken into the system and you understood more than him he was a baby no, and then not. when you guys grew up more like a couple of years later and you guys were in the you know the center and i know miguel was around like six you yeah. were about nine ten and yeah. you know i was like around 14 and i remember that I had just turned 14 because I remember we had a birthday party at my house. Yep. And then a couple months later, you guys were taken away. 
from again. grandma's. Yeah, we okay. Went to, we went to the center twice, <laughs> but we were taking. No, I, I know, I know, but it's like but it's to not to not make it so long because we can, you know, kind of continue it on another one. I just kind of want to wrap it up to by the time that you know we, mm. we we talk about grandma's and then the center again. But I just feel that my relationship with Miguel um, hasn't been as close as me and you because when you were even when you were older, like I said, you know, at the center we would go visit, and me and you could have these conversations about like games or like you know characters and things like that, and Miguel would want to kind of tag along, and we were just kind of like, oh, you don't understand, or you know, we'd kind of push him aside, yeah. which sucked. But again, as kids, it's just that's what we did, and so when I started my relationship with Miguel. It was more um, when, you know, he was about like middle school, um, almost high school that I, you know, was going to visit you guys from grandma's and um, I could feel that I was, you know, kind of getting closer to him. And again, I always felt close to you. Like I felt like I had to put more effort into Miguel. Me too. Um, But I mean, yeah, like ours was more natural. I think our relationship became more natural since we were like, it's always like, I'm not saying that like. Miguel came like as an unwanted thing because it was a um, it was a big surprise as a miracle, mm-hmm. and I'm very grateful. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it like because it's always been like just more natural between us in that like I don't know like it's like we vibe on the same level. Yeah. And for Miguel, like because he was born in the system, his vibes a little off. He's trying to find it's his different. way. You know, he only really knows much about his personal situation and surroundings based on the information that the system and we have given him, you know? Yeah. He doesn't really know much about anything. And I'm not saying that he's not a smart person because he's very smart. Mm-hmm. But he is very, like... He, he. I feel like recently he has kind of closed himself off. Yeah. Because he's I mean, trying to figure out where he's at. And, and that's what we all had to go through. I mean, he's just 19 now. And, yeah, exactly. you know, we're way older. And again, we, the, it was just the age. Like, he grew up in that. So he has the different views. Exactly. And we, I feel that, you know, little by little, we can fix. Like, I speak of my own personal experience because you have a different relationship with Miguel than I do. You get along with him better than I do sometimes because... Again, it's almost a 10-year difference, 10 years of him, you know, and su cura no es mi cura a veces, and I'm just like, it's more of annoying than, oh, yeah, haha, yeah. you know, and with you, it's like, you can be annoying as well, but we still can vibe on different things, mm-hmm. so just kind of going back to that, um, I feel that the relationship with Miguel is a lot different than with yours, or like mine and your relationship. And it's always going to be because we didn't grow up together and you had more, even if it was for a couple of months of living together, you know, in a a foster uh or, you know, living with the sisters that you would still saw. Yeah, you guys had more time together than with me. And, you know, even when we were at grandma's, like it was still like me and you would vibe more and even fight more. And then Miguel was just kind of either with you or like I would be like, no, Miguel, (laughs) peace, peace. But um, we're kind of getting to that point. Uh, Yeah, so um, bringing this to a conclusion, I just kind of wanted to uh, put some phone numbers out there, Um, you know, some crisis hotlines. Uh, If you ever if anybody ever needs help. You can text SHELTER, S-H-E-L-T-E-R, and your zip code, for example, SHELTER90210, to the phone number 99000 uh, from anywhere in the nation, and you will receive a response with a local safe shelter to go to, you know, close by. Um, The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, uh, it's 1-800-273-8255. Uh, The National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline is 1-800-656-HOPE. That's 1-800-656-4673. And the National Child Abuse Helpline, 1-800-422-4453. And some legal resources that I uh, kind of saw that is called AdvoKids. 
And it's free legal helpline for asking the judge to make new decisions about your life, uh, new decisions about your relationship with your brothers or sisters in foster care, or reporting a problem with your attorney or social worker. Um, the helpline is 877-238-4543. And it is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. So hopefully some of those uh, will help anybody that you know needs any sort of help remember that there's a lot of resources i you know googled these so if there's anything else that you guys need help with you know it's really easy to google you know life crisis help need anything and you know numbers will pop up um, but i just wanted to name you know these couples that kind of kind of go with the stories that we you know if shared with you guys and we'll be sharing some more in the future of course mm-hmm. as we bring more uh, guests into the podcast well that's it for us today um thanks everyone for listening special thanks to my brother alex for being on the podcast and sharing some of his experiences um you'll definitely hear more from him in future episodes no thank you for having me you know i'm very grateful to be a part of this podcast and you know um, I'm always willing to bring out some stories and, you know, bring out foster awareness. It's, it's a very good thing to do out here. Yeah, thanks so much again for giving us a little bit of your time in your busy, busy world. Oh yeah, <laughs> my slice of life. <laughs> you can find Fostering Growth on social media. Uh, our Instagram is fostering.growth.pod. Twitter is at foster underscore growth with two H's. And Facebook, you can search for Fostering Growth and add us as friends. And I also made a Facebook page with the same name, uh, Fostering Growth. So feel free to go and like or follow. We would love to hear any of the different ideas you all have about today's episode and anything else you would like to hear about. Do you have an idea for a topic, you need some advice, or would you like to share a story of your own? Please send an email to fostering.growth.pod at gmail.com. Again, it's fostering.growth.pod at gmail.com. And just, you know, reminder, we um, would always, you know, keep anything anonymous if anybody would like to share their story and would not like to, you know, say their name, like go ahead and and write that. You don't even have to tell me your name or anything. Confidentiality is something that we as foster kids understand so yeah that's our biggest thing so you know again this is a safe space for you know people who want to share stories and also help with that you know foster awareness um because we're all a big foster family and some you know have had had better experiences or maybe even worse experiences than us um, but we we do want to let you guys know that you guys are not alone and you know, little by little, and feel free to reach out. You know, we're all family. Mm-hmm. Be real, fosters. We're all family. It doesn't matter where you come from, what you've been through. If you've been in the foster system, you are family. Yeah, we're all a big family, just trying to get out. Yeah. So hopefully, you guys enjoyed this, and stay tuned for a lot more to come. Bye. Bye. Bye.